2: In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit IronJohnGear.com today and save money on your next adventure. The Man Who Knew Infinity stars Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire in the newsroom. In this film, he plays Srinivasa Ramahan, an unparalleled genius of mathematics, who earns a seat at Cambridge University during World War I, where his theories are mentored by Professor G. H. Hardy, portrayed in the film by Jeremy Irons from The Man in the Iron Mask and Batman vs. Superman. The British biographical drama is based on the 1991 book by Robert Kniegel, and it took writer and director Matt Brown over 10 years to get his screenplay written and produced. He also got to direct the film.
1: I was always, I was an English major, uh, but really I, I'd been writing my whole life. Um, and But my very last semester of college, I took a, screen, a screenwriting class, um, and um, I fell in love with it. And I'd always loved movies um and then my my professor uh the the teacher of the class told me she saw that i had really enjoyed it and suggested going down to n y u s sight and sound um but I had just finished college and um no one was going to pay for it and it's actually it's kind of a funny story i my car got stolen um and I got a really big insurance check for it, which was unexpected and wow. then i um i Did a scratch ticket and I won a couple thousand dollars on it all within a week.
0: So, um,
1: and that paid for sight and sound for the summer. Um, and I did that and I absolutely fell in love with the um, with filmmaking and with um, you know, we got to shoot on like you know, on the 16 and cut on steam backs, which I, I doubt they even do anymore, but um, it was pretty incredible and um, and from there it was the middle of the 90s and everybody was kind of caught up in just we can make movies ourselves attitude and uh, all my friends from that class were all working on each other's films and um, we just, that was, it was was a really exciting time in New York so um, I got into actually, you know, doing a little bit of everything, you know, whether it was working with the sound department or the, you know, shooting, everything. So, um, I just, fell in love with film, really.
0: What were some of your influences during that time period? Um,
1: well, I mean, I guess it was kind of fun, because it was, you know, you had Miramax, and you had October Films, and you had Good Machine, and they were all in New York, and, and you know, so it was, you know, you had all these, I guess, you, it was almost like Tours at that time, you know, you had... Um, uh, all the all the films that they were making at the time felt like they were writer directors or directors who were real really had visions um for their films and um it was you know foreign films with you know everything Harvey was doing to reintroduce them um in a in a bigger way it was it was something that you know i don't know it was it was very much um i really enjoyed you know
0: writer directors of that period okay so, what made you want to? Um, what made you want to tell this story, the man who knew infinity?
1: Well, I had um, I had read the um, a book called Birdsong, and I was fascinated by the Great War from that uh, Sebastian Falk's novel. And then my aunt was a member of a book club, and I was visiting her out in Big Sur, and um, she showed me The Man Who Knew Infinity, and I, I immediately that was also set against the Great War, and I fell in love with the um, the real human story behind it mm-hmm. um it was sort of as the years went on trying to make the film that i that i um had a deeper appreciation for the mathematics and seeing mathematicians as artists and understanding them more but my initial draw was always the really the human story
0: what kind of research was involved in the screenwriting
1: um well, I I had the book, which was fantastic. But beyond that, um, Robert Canigal, who was the author of the book, and we've become great friends over the years. He opened up all of his research to me from the book. So I had a lot of Indian authors' points of view on it to take a look at. I had um, I found minutes from uh, UDC meetings. UDC was a Union of Democratic Control. I mean, uh, uh, that was part of the pacifist. Uh, resistance towards the Great War at Trinity, and there were minutes from the actual meetings. Um, so I was able to actually use some of those uh, lines in the film. Also, I had G.H. Hardy's um, A Mathematician's Apology and his lectures, such as the tricentenary conference to draw on at Harvard. Um, I really, really tried as much as possible to to use Actual words and places of the characters, uh, of the real characters. So, I had a tremendous amount available to me, and it, it was fun. It was a, it became like, I, I guess it's like real life fictional friends. I don't know how to explain it really, but you live with these characters for so long, but they're real people from another era. So it was, it was really fun during filmmaking to see the actors bring them to life in a whole different way. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned it took a few years to get this film made. What was that process like as far as um writing multiple drafts and that kind of thing?
1: Um well, I mean it was it was probably 12 years in total of trying to get the film made. Um I think as a writer for me, I think the first draft was probably as many for many writers the longest draft and then it was really a question of refining where I wanted the emphasis of of the story to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I mean, there, it, was a, it was a very heavy script in the beginning. I mean, it was a ton mm-hmm. of research went into it, and then it really became more about whittling it down and, and you know, highlighting the emotional drama of the main
0: characters. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your uh, writing process like during during that during that time? Like, what's your, do you write in the mornings, at night? Do you have any uh, rich pictures?
1: I... You know, I try to get in a couple hours every day. Um, I'm not a morning person. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but I don't like waiting too long in the day, or I, I you know, it's like uh, massive procrastination. <laughs> so I, right. I, um, I, I try to get it usually done by the afternoon. A couple hours every day when I'm when I am writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't write, then there's that
0: incredible guilt that comes in everything else. Right. <laughs> Um, As a director, do you see the scenes in a different mindset than...
1: That was interesting, actually, because when I got the opportunity to direct the film finally, after 12 years of living with it as a writer, it was... I thought it would be harder for me to um, cut, you know, and it it wasn't. It was weird. It was like, you know, I put this director's hat on all of a sudden, and I became this other person that I think, as a writer, I would have absolutely hated. Um, But uh, it was... It was just something that you know you can't have everything, um, right? And that if you do it, you're going to be hurting the film. So it, it really, you know, and then you go through it all over again in the edit as well. So in, in right. retrospect, now that I feel like I'm back to my old self, I there are things that I really regret um, having had to cut or to, that, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I woke up today thinking about one of them, and you know, it's <laughs> it, it's driving me crazy. There was a scene with. Um, Hardy and Ramanujan in their office and they uh-huh. talk about um being pure mathematicians and about how as pure mathematicians Hardy was very um he he was very much against the war and he didn't want his mathematics being put to use uh, which would have been like Littlewood who had to go off and help uh create you know ways to help ballistics um he right. didn't want his his math being put to practical use so there's a scene in there where he says, I I hope we are utterly useless and, and you know, Ramana John makes a clip or something and says useless and he's like, Yes, absolutely and I loved that, but the way the scene was, it was just dragging on too long and um there was a an ADR issue and I just I felt like in the interest of the film I cut it but I in retrospect wish I hadn't because I think it would have done more to define pure mathematics versus this idea that we have to make this all mean something. It's it's one of those things that, like, everybody wants you to have a, a story that, like, you know, imitation game is in so many ways about saving the world from Hitler, you know?
0: Right, right.
1: And I don't have that in this film um, with that one thing that, like, is this practical application of the mathematics, nor did I ever really want to have that, but it's one of the, it's a it was one of the things we were having to contend with and um so that was one of that's one of those things that you feel like as a writer you wish you could have kept and as a director I felt like
0: you know, maybe I made a mistake as a director or not, I don't know. <laughs> well it seems like the main character is you know, overall is it's sacrificed for the mathematics to leave his country and his family. Yes. It's like that. that's the story it's about a, it's just really the story
1: of somebody who's trying to be who needs to be understood um mm-hmm. you know he was really isolated, and that was one of the themes that first drew me to the story as well. My brother was quite ill with cancer, and I wrote most of the script in an oncology ward taking care of him or helping to take care of him his wife was really the one taking care of him but i um you know it i underst- i was sort of relating to those themes of isolation um mm-hmm. But it really is a story about somebody who's completely isolated and really, more than anything, just needs to be or needs to feel understood. And um until he meets G H. Hardy, he, he's not able to be understood. And sadly the one person that he who takes him on, he sort of takes him on more as a cause, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning, until he can really eventually see him as a person. Um, right. So that that was really the conflict it's It's between these two people about the cost that comes, and I've repeated this a bit, but it sort of was my mantra during making the film. It's about the cost that comes when people wait out of fear to connect in their relationships so at at the center of all this is two people needing to connect
0: um and there's a you know it's a bit bittersweet in this case as a writer living with a story so long um what's something you wish you would have known in the beginning or something you'd like to pass on to upcoming writers?
1: Um, I think I would have been more, I wish I had known that it was okay to be patient. Um, I felt such a need, like I felt this ticking clock constantly. You have to get the movie made. You have to get the movie made. And, you know, the movie got made when it was supposed to get made in the way it was supposed to get made. And and I I think that when you have a project that you really love, you have to just sort of see if it grows with you over the years. And this one, when I would check in every couple years if it fell apart or we were close to financing and it fell through, and you come back to it a year later and you're like, does this resonate with me? Is this still important to me? And it always was on this particular sure. film. Um, and it's okay if one's not... You know, I had this one other script that I wrote that I thought I would direct immediately after this movie. Had it for years. My agent said, just hold on to that one. Don't let anyone buy it or whatever. You're going to want that one someday. And here I am, all ready to have that script go. And I, I'm, it's not the right story for me to tell right now. And I can't really explain why, but I think you just know. And I think there's something with just being okay with how things happen and not trying to constantly...
0: The issue. What did you find? I'll kind of backtrack a little bit here. What did you find to be the most difficult step in the writing process?
1: Um, The most difficult step in this particular writing process I mean, every film's different. I've written some scripts in six weeks and some in six years, you know? So um, this one was just, I had so much to work with in this story. Um, you could have made a movie about Ramana John before he got to England. Um, you could have made one after he got back from England. Um, you could have made one about the war and the politics and all that. So it was really just, for me, the difficulty was just killing your babies as a writer. I know that's so cliche, but it really was saying, okay, we we can't have everything. And right. um, but that's what it, on this one, that's what it really
0: was. Um, in your opinion, what makes a good story?
1: Um, a good story, character drama, In, in I think, you know, conflict, um, cathartic moment. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I think probably Aristotle is right. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, how well we all achieve that when we try to do storytelling is for anyone else to... Say I guess, but I think it's about uh, about a conflict and and how one deals with that. So for me, at the center of this was always from day one a story about a man who you know infuses spirituality into his work, mm-hmm. um, while another man is an atheist, um, and they couldn't be any more different as people, and yet they need one another. Um, in order to have this beautiful, elegant mathematics come out to the world. Um, so that to me was a central conflict in this.
0: Okay. I know we're uh, short on time. I've got like maybe two more for you. Um, sure. anything else you'd like to just share about this film that we didn't cover yet?
1: Well, I mean, I, it's funny, you know, you, you, you work on a movie for so long and you love it for your own personal reasons. um, one thing that's been really gratifying on this is that as time's gone on I've I've started to see that there there's maybe more um aspects of it that are more important than I was aware of in the beginning and I think that um the story of, you know, supporting outliers is 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 pretty wonderful. I mean, the fact that, you know, talent can be found anywhere in the world and it just needs to be nurtured. So um think that there's there's some messages uh for in this film. Um could I have told them better possibly, but they that that is a, a theme
0: that I have come to appreciate in a
1: much more profound way.
0: Gotcha. Is there anything else you can tell us about um what you're working on next? I see there's a film called London Town coming out. Yeah,
1: later. I um I wrote a script um many years ago, actually right after I worked on Infinity. I had I had been um I did a small independent film called Rope Walk that I never got to finish properly mm-hmm. never got to come out and it broke my heart and then I had another movie I was gonna hopefully direct after that and i was um it was I was encouraged to sell that script and move to Hollywood and let it you know take a turn in my career in a different way so I did some Hollywood screenwriting for um quite a few years and I, I wasn't, um, enjoying it as much as I was, I was missing sort of those New York independent films that I grew up on. So, um, I wrote infinity and one of the other scripts that I wrote was this one called, um, it was called London calling at the time, I guess it's now London town. And, um, it was a story about a young boy who's growing up in the 1970s in London. And, um, it's sort of about when you fall in love with a band for the first time in this case, it's the clash and Joe Strummer. Um, and it deals with the socioeconomics of that time. So um, really excited. It's really funny that, you know, it's 2016 and now these two films are coming out, but it's great, so I'm enjoying it.
2: Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter, We you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online. Which includes step one the psychology of the mindset step two how to create a killer profile and step three how to find quality clients this online course is valued at 99 dollars it can be yours for free in addition to the free course you'll get access to the ebook how hollywood screenwriters annihilate writer's block this contains advice from aaron sorkin kerry fukunaga and william monahan you can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.